0: Well, what is going on, everybody, and welcome back to the Locked On Pirates podcast. I am, of course, your host, Ethan Smith, as the Pittsburgh Pirates are losing 6-0 to the Chicago Cubs here going into the bottom of the seventh inning. We are live on YouTube. We are live pretty much everywhere right now. Uh, We are live on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, and um, both Twitter accounts, by the way, Locked On Pirates, and Of course, locked or uh, my account, Ethan Smith, which you can see on the bottom of the screen, and the offensive struggles just continue, don't they, man? They just keep going, and it's not good. (laughs) Um, I don't know what to say about it at this point. Uh, J.T. Brubaker, by the way, looked absolutely phenomenal, man, and it sucks because I mean, what else is he supposed to do, right? Like. I don't know what else you want them to do. I don't know what's supposed to happen, but it, it's getting infuriating at this point, right? I mean, you have to think. And I'm kind of twiddling my beard a lot right now because I just don't really know how this offense can be fixed. And it's very, very bad. Very bad. Um, but I'm going to have a nice little chat overlay right over here for you guys. So if you guys have any questions, concerns, or anything of that matter, I'm posting the link on Twitter right now. So if you guys want to come in and join, you can do that. You can also comment. And I'm also going to leave the floor open um, for people to join if they would like to as well. JT Brewbreaker, though, uh, keep talking about the starting pitching improving. He looked a lot better this evening. Of course, uh, some of the earned runs that he gave up uh, were a product of just terrible defense in this game. And I, again, don't really know what to say about it. Uh, This team defensively last year was one of the best defensive teams in all of baseball. And now you are virtually in a spot where not only is your offense struggling, but it gets tough because right now the Pirates have more errors than they have runs in this game. As a uh, locked-on Yankees, Stacy Gottsulis, the great Stacy Gottsulis, waves high. Nice to uh, get a nice little familiar face in here. As it is six nothing here in the bottom of the seventh inning. Must be cold in Chicago tonight, by the way. Uh, Greg Brown and um, Greg Brown has a jacket on in the booth, but um. Looking at JT uh, Brubaker's stat line, I mean, he did well. Five and two-thirds, six hits, ten strikeouts, which is something I really like to see from Brubaker, much more of a pitch-to-contact guy. But ten strikeouts to his credit, Uh, three walks, four earned runs. I mean, again, the earned runs, I think, were just a product of everything that happened um, early on with the errors, with the Michael Chavis pop-up mess-up, with everything going on there. But it's also hard, too, when you're not getting any run support. I mean, you're just not. Uh, Pirates last night get one run. The day before, they get one run. Uh, didn't even get a hit. And now, I mean, four hits in this game. But that's not going to win you ball games. And me and Gary talked about it on the pod yesterday about all of this and everything that came from it and that the pirates being four games under 500 was a good thing and it is it's a great thing they're exceeding expectations for what most people think is chase de young with a nice strike out there he's following anthony banda who only pitched a third of an inning and only three pitches but i mean you look at chase de young this season two six games as they're showing on the screen six games 1.59 era 0.67 uh, opponent average, 6Ks to 4 walks. You know, these are the guys they need to start giving opportunities to. They need to start giving these opportunities to guys like Chase DeYoung who have potential. There's a little bit of potential there. And that's a big reason why I'm so upset that Rowanzi um and O'Neal Cruz and some of these guys are just not in the lineup because it's just infuriating. It really is um because your offense is struggling your starting pitching is improving and your bullpen is top 10 in baseball for as far as i'm concerned and you're doing nothing with it i mean you're losing nine to one last night giving up eight runs on eight hits in the first inning because you opened the game with dylan peters instead of throwing bryce wilson out there like they should have and it's infuriating dude i i don't know what to say but Uh, If you are here, thank you for hopping on to this live stream. We are live on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube on Locked on Pirates. And, of course, my personal channels, Ethan Smith at MVP underscore Ethan. Talking Pirates baseball, everything going on. Uh, JT Brubaker, of course, looked impressive. The starting pitchers have continued to look impressive, I think. Uh, Even Bryce Wilson yesterday after giving up that grand slam to Contreras, who is currently at the plate right now. I just think that situation that he was put in was just absolutely stupid. Um, and Derek Shelton's going to have to start making better decisions here, man. He just is. And I mean, I saw the uh, comment already about Mitch Keller potentially being an option out of the bullpen tomorrow when it's his scheduled day to start. So, um, not exactly the greatest look, but, uh, yeah, not, not a fan of what's going on right now. It's really not This team, just a team that has a lot of energy. Usually. Seems to have no energy at all at the moment. That's not good. Uh, I am also sharing an invite link. If anybody would like to uh, be on this episode of Locked on Pirates, which will be going live on YouTube as soon as I am wrapped up. And, you know, again, I mean, nobody's saying that this team is going to be a contender, right? But when you bench a guy like he, Brian Hayes, after losing the way you did last night in the second game of the series, you are just... that. It's not a good look. It's just not. And it's infuriating because I want to... I, I want this team to do so well so badly. And when you're openly throwing out lineups that are just not your best lineup, they're not. Josh Van Meter... I mean, you threw Josh Van Meter... Yoshi Suchugo and Michael Perez out there today. Combined between those guys, none of them are hitting over 200, along with Jack Sawinski, who's also not hitting over 200 at 186. Those, I mean, Sawinski is kind of a different story. I mean, you're still trying to see what you have in Jack Sawinski. You're still trying to see what's up with it, what's going on. And, I mean, there's not much else to say about it. There really isn't. And I mean, I get that they set these lineups well in advance. They have the off days figured out. But again, when you lose nine to one, the way you did to the Cubs last night, why are you benching key Brian Hayes, who has unequivocally been your best player this year? Like by most standards, I mean, he's been their best player. And it's just really sad that right now, I mean, why is he on the bench tonight? It's really dumb. But also today's episode, of course, is brought to you by the wonderful people over at Built Bar. Of course, Bilt Bar is the best tasting protein bar on the planet. Make sure you check out those wonderful uh, white chocolate Built Bars. Uh, yes, Dave, they did score last night. It was nine to one, I believe, uh, if I was not mistaken. Uh, No, they did not score last night. I thought they scored last night. Never mind. So they scored one run in their last uh, 25 innings. Anyways, um, today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar are the best tasting protein bars on the planet. Make sure you use your promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off of your order. They came out with the Birthday Cake Puffs. Phenomenal flavor. Absolutely love them. Uh... I got sent a whole box. They are absolutely amazing. They come with little sprinkles, white chocolate, protein infused marshmallows, 140 calories, 15 grams of sugar, and net carbs. Can't go wrong with Built Bar. So make sure, again, to use the promo code LOCKED ON for 15% off of the best protein bars on the planet. And again, I mean, watching the game here, it's six to nothing Cubs here in the bottom of the seventh. You could say there's still a lot of baseball left, but they're challenging a play right now, which I mean, you're down six to nothing. What does it really matter? But I mean, I'm, I know you guys come to this podcast for answers. You come for my opinions. And my opinion right now is that this team just looks like a dumpster fire in Wrigley field at the moment, defensively, offensively, every single word, they just look terrible. They look awful. They just do. Well, I mean, there's nothing else to say about it. They look terrible. Awful. And when you're putting that into perspective, based off of how this team was doing going into this series and last week, I mean, they beat the freaking Dodgers, for Christ's sake. The Dodgers. They beat the arguably best team in baseball when healthy two out of three games. Albeit it was at home. I get that. But, I mean, now you're coming out against a team that you have a better record than, which they did against the Reds again. But thankfully, they sure things up in the weirdest way possible against the Reds. Um, But it's one of those things where you got to start winning some of these games. You just, you really have to. Because a lot of people said the storyline is you're going to get through this year and then you're going to compete next year. You're going to bring in a little bit of pieces. You're going to move things forward. You're going to start being a competitive team in the NL Central. How are you going to be competitive in the NL Central when you can't beat the Reds in a series when they were 3 and 22? You're struggling against the Cubs team that came into this game 14 and 20, which were 15 and 20 now, but I mean, you have a better record than them going into the series and they're not playing well either. You have to win these kind of games. Dave White says the Pirates need a new manager, hitting coach, and pitching coach plus, plus better players. Uh, I'll start with the last part there. The plus better players part is a lot on them at this point. Uh, O'Neill Cruz, of course, not doing that great in AAA. Uh, we all know that. That's been a big talk of the town lately. Um but the thing that kind of infuriates me here, with um, the fact of the better players thing, you have a good guy like you have a guy like Mason Martin in the system, who, for all intents and purposes, Vogelbach has had a pretty decent season. He's been a good DH, but he's not playing first base. He's a DH. Yoshi sutsugo is at this point not better than Mason Martin. So why not bring Mason Martin in and just give him a shot? Maybe he's not ready yet. I understand that. But O'Neill Cruz, for instance, at this point, what else do you really need to know that he's doing a triple A? You don't. You don't need to know what he's doing a triple A at this point. That is not going to teach him anything anymore. I get you're trying to teach him the outfield and put him in the outfield and stuff like that. Great pitch, by the way, by DeYoung to get Shea Suzuki to end the seventh. but. Ronzi Contreras is the other one that puzzles me because the starting rotation, for the most part, has improved. I mean, JT Brubaker, as I alluded to earlier, phenomenal, phenomenal game tonight. Scratch the four forearm runs, honestly. Just scratch them. They're, not, they're, they're important, but, I mean, he had 10 freaking strikeouts, for Christ's sake. He did phenomenal for what was worth, he, but he got no run support. Bryce Wilson, I'd be okay moving him to the bullpen and doing the Will Crow thing where you move him to the bullpen see if he can pick it up. So open the door for Alonzi. Just let him go out there and start. If he gets shelled, he gets shelled. But with that comes learning opportunities that he's not going to get in Indianapolis. He's not going to get learning opportunities there. What I don't understand is Rodolfo Castro, they were so easy, they called him up so easily. And as Gary alluded to yesterday on the uh, on the pod, you had stuff happen where, I mean, Jose Urena, or not Jose Urena, Jose, um. I can't remember his name off the top of my head now, was DFA 10 days into his contract. But yet they're reluctant to keep Cole Tucker on the 40-man roster at and option him. Andrew Knapp was the first time where the Pirates made a move where I was like, wow, they actually made a good move. Thank you to the nine people viewing this, by the way. Thank you so much. Hopefully you all are having a phenomenal night besides the Pirates uh, playing a baseball game at the moment. But if you have any questions, concerns, anything like that, I'm open all ears to any questions. Baseball, Pirates, whatever questions you want to ask here on the Locked on Pirates podcast. Of course, I am your host, Ethan Smith, who does the most. Live on Facebook, Twitter and YouTube. But going back to it again, Dave, like you said, I mean. I still think it's a little early for Derek Shelton to be on the chopping block. It wouldn't surprise me if he was to get fired, but I think it's still a little early. Uh, hitting coach Andy Haynes, if this crap continues with this no run scored thing and everything going on with all this garbage they want to call baseball, yeah, Andy Haynes probably needs to go. And then you've already heard me express my remorse of Oscar Marine multiple times over the last week. And on tomorrow's episode, I'm going to get into the uh Mitch Keller stuff about um this bullpen thing where he's supposed to be pitching but apparently he's an option out of the bullpen tomorrow. So maybe it's injury related, may I don't know what it's related to. Um Mark Leiter Jr. on the mound now for Chicago, 7.84 ERA, uh 275 opponents average at this point, just score a run. <laughs> or at least threaten. Thank you. Uh, Michael Perez picks up a nice little single. Just at least make him uncomfortable. That's really what I'm like getting to at this point. Is this a is division this is a division rival that you are playing right now? A division rival that you're probably going to see atop the NL Central once you start contending again. Uh Ryan Walker uh asked, Ethan, why are they so hesitant? to give Diego Castillo uh, consistent playing time. I'm with you, dude. Hesitancy is starting to become annoying at this point. It really is. I don't understand why they're so hesitant to do it. I couldn't tell you. Uh, Castillo, of course, not in the lineup. Or is he in the lineup tonight? Sorry, I mean, uh, yeah, he's not in the lineup tonight. But... (sighs) I mean, he's proven himself at the shortstop position. He's hitting the ball relatively well. And he's a young player with potential. I mean, that's what they got to start looking at here is a lot of these guys have untapped potential. Michael Chavis. Maybe, yeah, maybe he's a bench bat playing in the role that he's playing in and they're getting him fixated to that role. But right now, as I keep mentioning, throw your best Damn lineups out there every night as long as you can. Because Roberto Perez got hurt. Guess what? Catcher's going to be horrible and, uh, no matter what. It, it, Henry Davis ain't getting up here this year. It's not going to happen. So then, I mean, you're talking about Michael Perez or Taylor Heineman. Cool. Maybe Heineman comes in and has a decent year. Maybe he does. Maybe he doesn't. Who knows? But why they're not playing guys like Michael Chavis, Diego Castillo, Key Brian Hayes, and Brian Reynolds every night is baffling to me. Um, Sawinski, I I mean, strikeout right there. Batting not that great, but at least they're letting him get out there and see major league pitching. That's what they need to do. These guys need to see this stuff. Like, how would all of my viewers feel that if you went to do a new job, like you walk in the first day and they just expect you to know how to do everything, it's not going to work. It's just not. You have to be trained. You have to see certain things before you learn how to face these things. You really do. But when you're playing guys like Josh Van Meter and Yoshi Sutsugo, what's it going to do? And uh, Grizz says, this has been a tough stretch of games. Grizz, you are not lying, pal. (laughs) It has uh, Van Meter will ground into a double play, which will effectively end the top of the eighth inning. So it looks like we have two more half innings of baseball left here at Wrigley tonight. Pirates have five hits to the Cubs, six and two errors. We are at a break in the action. So, of course, if you need to, you know, maybe fix the brakes in your car or anything like that, or fix anything in your car. Make sure you go to rockauto.com. Of course RockAuto is the best tasting protein bar on the planet with the ever increasing numbers of makes and models. It's now possible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry. You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. So save time and money when using RockAuto. It is a family business, serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years, and Rock Auto prices are reliably low for every customer, and they have everything you could need from brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. So go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck, right locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. That is Rock Auto. Dot com. So if you guys have any other questions, send them my way. I am in a questions mood. I just want asked any kind of questions about anything on your mind concerning the Pittsburgh Pirates, concerning baseball. And uh, Grizz says, we need to bring up Cal Mitchell or G1 Bay. I'm not against it, dude. I mean, <sighs> like... For the sake of being able to live stream here, which I love, by the way, I'm going to start doing these a lot more often. I enjoy the uh, consistent interaction. Um, Cal Mitchell, let's start with him as I look up his stats real quick. He's batting 302, five home runs, 23 RBIs, with an 879 OPS in AAA. You may say, oh, that's probably not that many at-bats. It's 106 at-bats. 106. It's good. And I mean, you also look at his slugging, 509, on-base percentage, 370. Six steals. Hasn't been caught stealing yet. So that's Cal Mitchell. And I was so happy when the Rule 5 draft got uh, canceled this year because I knew that the Pirates would probably lose him. And another team would probably utilize him better than they are with him right now. But I'd be okay with Cal Mitchell being up here. G1 Bay is the one that I really don't understand. Uh, So we look up his stats. Not as impressive. 278, three home runs, 12 RBIs, 787 OPS. But a career 295, 791 OPS guy in the minors he's just kind of gotten lost in the fold with all of these uh minor league players and uh it's an, it's kind of sad but i would i cal mitchell g1 bay i'd love to see both of them and i'd say i don't know if we need to bring them up but i would love to see them come up uh dave says could the savannah bananas beat the pirates tonight well are we playing banana ball or major league baseball because normally i think that would matter but bananas probably win tonight Ryan Walker says, who does Van Meter have dirt on? LOL. You're you're not lying, dude. I don't know who he has dirt on. Um, I don't know why they made that move to pick him up in the first place. I thought it was stupid. I really did. I just, you had so many infield options. Rodolfo Castro, Hoy Park, Diego Castillo, O'Neal Cruz, Kevin Newman, who's on his rehab assignment right now. Uh, Cole Tucker, even, uh, who is a lost cause. But. All those options, you had no real need to bring in a middle infielder. You didn't. Um, It's very stupid that I think Van Meter is getting much playing time as he is, but maybe they're also trying to figure out was it worth it picking him up, which it wasn't, may I add. Um, But yeah, I mean, he has to have dirt on somebody because there's no reason he should be in the lineup this much. Uh, Grizz asks, what is your worry meter on Reynolds, Brian Reynolds, uh, he's hitting the ball so soft right now. I think he's just in his head. um We've seen the good side of Brian Reynolds over his career and the bad side, of course uh, you look at that twenty twenty truncated season, and he was absolutely awful um but I wouldn't worry about it too much. It's still very early in the year, uh of course, hitting two o five but Brian Reynolds they signed him to a contract for a reason. he's going to be phenomenal. Uh, we are also joined by a wonderful guest here of the Locked On MLB podcast. Make sure you go check that out. You guys hear me talk about it all the time. Paul Francis Sullivan joins us here on the pod today. Please call him Sully, though. If you ever call him Paul Francis Sullivan, he might smack you across the face. Yeah. like Mac smack uh, Derek Shelton across the face. But uh, how are you doing, Gary? You doing, or not Gary, sorry. How are you doing?
1: Uh, you know, It's fine that you, uh, I, I thought I made it clear that I wanted you to call me Sully. Um, not Gary, but, uh, you know, it's fine. It's fine. Um, uh, I'm just trying to jump on and, uh, Hey, I got to give the pirates credits. They can win. They don't even need a hit to win. Uh, well, apparently, yeah,
0: we're better off not having a hit to win because we scored one run in three games. We're currently getting shut out by the Cubs six to nothing in the bottom of the eighth at the moment. Uh, Grizz asks, what, would we want to give a long-term extension if a player is so streaky as, like, I.E. Reynolds? No. I no, but when you're also in the situation of a team that was hoping the CBA would fix this crop <laughs> of not being able to spend money, but also that's a big fault on their owner, you kind of have to throw those things in there, i.e. Gregory Polanco, our favorite uh, El Cafe player ever, Um, who had signed that five-year, $35 million deal. He looked great in the first two years, and then the last Mm -hmm. three were living hell. So Reynolds, different story. Uh, His extension was to avoid arbitration because it openly made Nutting mad. It openly made Ben Charrington mad. It openly made him mad. So that one was a little different. Hayes, on the other hand, eight years. They definitely need to uh, do that. Uh, Ryan Walker, should we flip? Quintana or offer him a two-year deal well that's assuming um, yeah, yeah I'll yeah. let solely take that one actually
1: um it kind of depends on what they think they're going to be going if they're going to be making any move moving forward um in one on the one hand offering them a two-year extension isn't like handcuffing the team for the long term mm-hmm. and having someone like Quintana look at I, I I'm not a big believer in you need the veteran presence to have everyone you know to, to teach but at the same time having a stable veteran from time to time so at least you know at least one trip around the rotation is not going to be god awful I see Grizz is saying to flip him uh let me I'm going to say something kind of cruel I don't trust this Pirates GM I don't trust this Pirates front office to get the value for him you know I mean what what are we saying That what are you going to get really for Cantana? Quintana, I mean, you're going to get a blue chipper. Are you going to get a piece to build your franchise around? Is someone going to surrender a true building block for Jose Quintana? The answer is probably no. So aren't you better off having an actual major leaguer in that spot? I mean, it is, in in some ways, maybe having a team where one trip around the rotation is not god-awful. May help them move forward. I, Grizz, I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm not saying I, if they flip them, they got a quality player for them. That's fine. But at the same time, at one point, you've got to be able to say, you know, Grizz is talking about the Angels being desperate. To, here's the deal, Grizz. It totally depends on what you can get from. It totally depends. If the market is as such that there's no really good, if he's having like an exceptional season, and there's a bunch of teams falling over each other and someone coughs up a legit one of their top 10 prospects. Yes. Short of that. No. Mm-hmm. Uh
0: fun moment, by the way, Christopher Morrell, if I'm not mistaken, uh, the entire bench and the crowd was hyping him up because I believe he just hit his first uh, major league home run. Uh, literally, all of Wrigley Field standing up in the middle of a 6 to nothing game in the bottom of the eighth inning for a guy to hit a home run. And I agree 100%, by the way, with the Cantana thing. I mean, you look at yesterday's game, or not yesterday's game, the other day when he pitched uh, the game where they won the no-hitter. I mean, the guy, for the most part, matched Hunter Green. I mean, seven innings pitched, three hits, no-earned runs, which drove his ERA down to a 2.19. Yeah. Two... Say it like solely look at if he has a 2.19 ERA in July, yeah, you, yeah, you flip him. <laughs> I yes. mean, because somebody's going to give you something for a guy with a sub 2.5 ERA right. all the way that deep into the year. But I'm also here to tell you that's probably not happening. And by the way, Grizz, uh, that trade that you're alluding to was actually for Tony Watson, it was not for Jared Hughes, the O'Neill Cruz deal from the Los Angeles Dodgers. Uh, I believe it was for Tony Watson, who did not pitch very long for them. Um, But also, Grizz, again, I see you're saying I don't think we can get a top 10, maybe a top 20. Um, Yeah, he has a bad track record, yes, but that's a bad track record outside of Pittsburgh. As we've seen so far right now, he looks very good. And this is something that Gary's told me off air uh, before we recorded uh, Monday is... If Quintana comes to Charrington and says, hey, I'll come back to Pittsburgh on a two-year, $5 million deal, you have a decision to make, especially if he's pitching the way he is right now going into those late months. I mean, if he finishes the season like around like a 2.9 or a 3.2 ERA, and he says, yeah, I'll come back to Pittsburgh for two years, $5.5 million, how do you not sign the guy at that point? Yeah. And then worse comes to worse if you don't want to keep him comes out in 2023 and pitches well, you trade him then. Albeit his value won't be that great, but what's the difference between getting a top-20 prospect versus a top-25 prospect? I mean, that there's not sense. that much of a difference.
1: I think it all depends on what they can get from. I mean, I think that there's... I do think there is some value in saying we're going to have every once in a while a major league pitcher pitch, uh, yeah. especially if you're trying to build a team up. Um, and But you know, if you can get if you can get a legit building block then you go for it if short of a legit building block then what are you really what what are you really doing except telling your team and your fans that you have a minor league baseball team
0: uh well yeah i mean you're talking about building blocks and as i was talking about before you got here um some of them are in the wrong spot O'Neill cruz should be at the major leagues right now there's literally no reason he shouldn't be yes why they're putting him in left field right now either when he doesn't want to do it couldn't tell you. Ronzi Contreras, no reason he should be in AAA at this point. He's looked impressive. Um, oh, yeah, you definitely don't give him up for international cash because that international cash is going straight to Bob Nutting's pocket. <laughs> it's not going anywhere. Albeit the Pirates spend a lot during the international spending uh, time period. But, I mean, Brian Reynolds up to the plate, by the way, here in the top of the ninth. Thank God this game is almost over. Um This team, again, we talked about, uh, who asked the question about streaky? Uh, I believe it was Grizz, but this team is streaky. I mean, I thought it was funny that yesterday on my pod, I said that they were consistent, and, well, that was good contact by Reynolds. Um, Still an out, but whatever. Um, But right now, I mean, this team a week ago at this time beat the Dodgers, the Dodgers, in a series. Then proceeded to lose to the three win red or two weeks ago. I can't, I, I'm losing track of time. Anyways, then they proceed to lose a series to the at the time three win reds. And it makes no sense. At least they're making good contact with the ball here at the top of the ninth, but they're swinging at freaking everything. They look like me on MLB the show right now.
1: By the way, uh, that shows you how badly this season is going that we're cheering good contact.
0: Well, it's I wouldn't say the season, I would just say the last couple games. Cuz I mean, the fact that this team is about to be 15 and 21, if they I, if you would have told me before the season started that they would only be 6 games under 500 at this point, I probably wouldn't have believed you. Just seeing as how the schedule looked with the Padres, the Dodgers, Cardinals, Brewers, I expected the Cubs to be better, but I think this is also them just taking care of business against us and actually showcasing they're not a terrible team. But, I mean, as I was also alluding to, if you want to keep saying that 2023 or 2024 is the year that you're going to start contending, these are the games you need to win. Yeah, The Cubs are not a world beater right now. Who's the best pitcher on the Cubs right now? Kyle Hendricks? Probably. Marcus Stroman? I mean, there's not they're, they're not exactly a long list of names here. It's not like you have... 2015, Jake Arrieta on the mound facing you right now, even though it looks like it. But I mean, and that is final from uh, Wrigley Field, seven nothing. So they have now been outscored sixteen to nothing here at Wrigley. So they have now proceeded, I believe, if I'm doing my math correctly, they have now been outscored twenty six to three in their last three games at Wrigley Field. That's not good. Actually, no, I'm counting wrong. Thirty six to three. No, that's even worse. Uh, Because you have the twenty-one to nothing game. Plus seven is twenty-eight. Plus nine is thirty-six. Thirty-six to three. It just keeps going up. (laughs) Uh, But it gets to thirty-seven. Sell.
1: Yeah, Um, you were mentioning about like O'Neill, Cruz, and some of the players who have been sent who are you know floundering in the minors. They should be in the majors. If anything needed to happen to kind of fix stuff that's wrong with baseball in the CBA. It, it need to be some sort of incentive to for the team to always have the best team active. I mean, that's the thing that tries to win. If your best player, if, if your best player at a position is in the minor leagues and he's better than anyone in the major leagues, then he should be in the major leagues. And that should, I mean, I know that sounds like, That sounds ridiculously basic, but we see teams time in and time out, you know, for manipulating contract purposes, for avoiding arbitration purposes, not put the best product on the field. And quite frankly, that should you should always say, who are our best healthy 25 or is it 26? Whatever the number. What is the the roster? Is it 26 now? 26. Yeah. Okay, let's say 26. Who are our best healthy? 26 players in our organization and those 26 players are on the major league roster and that sounds like well yeah but we see time in and time out that that's not the case and for a team like pittsburgh who isn't really on if you go to bet online which by the way is your number one source for all your online betting um if you are putting together a team and you say you're not betting on this team to succeed, well, then at least put the best product on the field.
0: Yeah, and I mean, uh, Sharad uh, says that they agree, and the return is uh, is good. Trade Q and Gamble and signed them back in twenty twenty three
1: because yes, they are both free agents. So it never. Ha- when does that happen? Never. That happens so seldom. Yeah, so seldom. Every once in a while, you will see, like, yeah, the 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 Indians. They were the Indians then. Resigned, you know, had Kenny Lofton walk, and then they resigned him. You saw Roldis Chapman resign with the Yankees. Uh, I think there's one or two others that have happened over the years. It is so rare when it happens. Yeah. That a lot of times you got to think from the point of view of the players. You were traded in mid-season. Being traded in mid-season is not an easy thing. No. We think about it like trading baseball cards or fantasy drafts. You got to uproot you're where you're living, you got to uproot where, you know, if you have a family with you or if you're, you know, if you could be living out of a hotel, whatever it is, it's a pain in the butt. Yeah. And they may not be thrilled with the organization and they certainly may not be feeling much loyalty to the organization that disrupted their year. Yeah.
0: And I mean, I I agree a hundred percent as well. And I mean, that's where a lot of it comes into as well as, Sully, do you think? Uh, I'll ask. Yes or no question. Was Key Brian Hayes in the lineup tonight?
1: I don't know the answer. I'm going to say no. You were correct. Ah, what do I win? Uh, another question. Why is your
0: best player not in the lineup tonight? After you just got shellacked nine to nothing on Monday night.
1: Yeah. Well, you know what. Um, I don't know the answer to that and I don't know what's going. I don't know if he if he's nursing something. I don't know if there was nope. he was taken out for precautionary reasons. Nope. Well, they do there's this, only they, one there's Derek only Shelton, one answer. Yeah, there's Derek Shelton.
0: Yeah, Derek Shelton loves to do this wonderful thing where they have scheduled off days and um it's the stupidest thing I've ever heard in my life. Uh a couple of weeks ago, uh, on a Sunday afternoon game in PNC Park, mind you. Key Brian Hayes and Brian Reynolds were not in the starting lineup. In a home game. What does that tell your season ticket holders? Oh, yeah. Your, our, I mean, our two best players aren't in the lineup because it's a scheduled off day.
1: I, I, I've seen no evidence that scheduled off days are smart. Um, I think that you rest a player when they need rest. Yeah. Or you rest a player when the pitching matchup is so against them. Mm-hmm. That you're better off. Okay, you know, to, you know, grab some pine. But to say, oh, we're going to plan this out like a week or so, or two weeks in advance. I mean, you don't know who the pitching matchup's going to be. Nope. You don't know if someone's on a. I know hot streaks are are a, you know, are, are are mythical. But at the same time, if someone's playing well, don't you want them to continue to play well? And I, and I, and not I can take also up that momentum.
0: Yeah. They, 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 Just what I was about to allude to, it breaks up the ebb and flow of how they want to play. I mean, Hayes came into this year saying he wanted to play all 162 games. Was that going to happen? Not a chance. No way. But have it
1: not happen because he needs rest.
0: Yeah, yeah. have it not happen for that reason, not because you want to schedule an off day. Uh, Grizz, by the way, says, I'm just hoping Greg Allen comes back and we DFA Yoshi and bring up Mason Martin. Two things. Greg Allen, yes. I want to see him come back. I want to see him come off the injured list. I thought he had a decent spring training. I think he'd be a good outfield option for this team who desperately needs it. Mason Martin, who I talked about earlier, I think he's better than Yoshi Sutsugo. Daniel Vogelbach is your DH at the moment, and that should stay that way. I just don't think he's ready yet. DFA and Yoshi, there's four million reasons why they won't do that. They signed him to do a one-year, $4 million deal. He's probably guaranteed to stay on the team through at least, I'd say, the next couple months. It could be kind of a Gregory Polanco situation, I think, where they're eventually just going to say, all right, we've given you literally every single opportunity we could give you, and you're just not showing it anymore. Also, by the way, for anybody wondering, as usual with the Pirates, I turn on other games after the game ends, usually on the West Coast, and the team I have deferred to now is a team that actually knows how to play baseball and score runs, and that's the San Francisco Giants, who are currently up 8-2 to on the Colorado Rockies. By the way, the NL West is the scariest division of all time. Uh, I do not want to ever be involved in that division, and it's actually very fun because after the NL Central stint, we play three NL West teams, so I cannot wait until that happens because the Pirates will probably get shellacked for a week and a half straight because this division is absolutely freaking phenomenal. Um, Some other stuff around the league, by the way, Uh, so still the Locked on Pirates podcast, but... We talk about everything baseball here. The Cardinals are about to beat the Mets, it appears, uh, in the second game well, of their doubleheader. The Mets are yeah, the Mets are rallying. The Braves are up on the Brewers, 3-0. The Brewers also possibly rallying. Angels-Rangers tied 3-3. As I mentioned, Giants 8-2. Uh, the Twins and Athletics at 0-0. A real barn burner going on over there. But finish games, uh, the Mets won the first of that uh, doubleheader. The Dodgers won the first game of their doubleheader against Arizona. The White Sox beat the Royals 3-0 in the first game of their doubleheader. So it's just a doubleheader day. It's doubleheader Tuesday, uh, apparently, here in Major League Baseball. Uh, the real big one was the Astros winning 13-4 to over the reeling Boston Red Sox, which I'm sure Sully will have something to say about that tomorrow. In a game where the Red Sox almost out-hit the Astros in that game. Yeah, uh, it was weird.
1: It was weird. The, the Red Sox... The, the Astros seem to be able to score runs at will. And the Red Sox seem to pile up a bunch of hits and milk out one run here or one run there. And it was, yeah. uh, it was a weird game because it felt like it should have been a lot closer. Yeah. You know, it felt like it should be one of those 13 to 12 type games uh, uh, that it was, uh, as my mom would say, final score a lot to not enough.
0: Oh yeah. Uh, also fun fact, a fan in the stands in Fenway caught two home runs during that game. Uh, so lucky guy there. Padres, of course, defeat the Phillies three to nothing. The Yankees continue their hot tear, after their best start since nineteen ninety eight, and we all know what happened in nineteen ninety eight. Ethan was born. Yep. Yeah, you guys thought I was going somewhere else with that. Uh, they beat the Orioles five to four. Blue Jays defeat the Mariners three to nothing. By the way, I usually do my season predictions. I never did them this year, but I did have the if I did some on my own and had the Blue Jays winning the World Series this year. Uh, I just, that team is so stacked. I think they did a lot in the offseason to fix their pitching. I think their offense is going to just be phenomenal, but if the Yankees continue to play the way they are, it's going to be real tough to find a team to beat them in the American league. I really believe that. Um, NL wise, again, as you would probably say, Sully, I still think it's way too early to even talk about any of this. I mean,
1: but, but that being said, a, a roughly a quarter of the season has – we're almost at the one-quarter yeah. mark of the season. So it is enough to kind of – I've always said that the one-third mark, which is usually right around Memorial Day, is the first time you should uh, You should kind of take a little bit of stock on your team. Yeah. You've had about a third of the season has gone by. I'm not saying – obviously teams can come back and have better endings of the season. But it's really the first time you could say, okay, what do we need? Mm-hmm. What do we need? Do we need pitching? Do we need is a, do we need a new infield? Whatever it is, and I think that middle third, between essentially between Memorial Day and the trade deadline, is where you really, or I mean, the end of uh, the end of um, July, mm-hmm. is really when you take a look and you say, okay, let's let's go to RockAuto.com, pop the hood, and uh, fix the engine a little bit which leads you to the final third of the season, which is basically the home stretch. I kind of break the, se- the season down to those three sort of uh, uh, those three divisions. And yeah. so I think by the time you get to Memorial Day, I'm not saying you're scoreboard watching or checking the standings, but it's a time to really check to see what are we. And if you really look at and say, like, We're, we don't have a shot, um, maybe that's when you do think about training everything that, that isn't nailed down. But if you think, hey, we we could make a run at this if we fix this or we fix that. If any team showed you the value of that, it was last year's World Series champion who basically took their entire outfield of uh, – what was it? Um, Rosales, Peterson, and Soler were all picked up by the trade deadline. Yeah. Now, nobody said a trade deadline. The Braves won the trade deadline because they picked up Ooh. the – NLCS MVP and the World Series MVP. But in the end, it turns out they did. And if you're a team that you think, okay, we have an outside shot here, you can use that time to fix what you need to do. Mm-hmm. But you really got to take a good long look at the mirror at that. You know, By the time you get to this two-third mark. And try to figure out what the hell you are.
0: Oh, yeah. Um, Grizz says, do you think Sheltie is on the hot
1: seat? Or are they going to just blame Oscar? They should just blame Oscar. I mean, this is not Shelty's fault.
0: Yeah, uh, Oscar Marine, as I've always said and asked people, name one pitcher that he's improved since he's been here. Yeah, it's 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 a very small list because the list is zero. Shelty, again, makes stupid decisions. But also, I would also make the argument that he doesn't exactly have all the pieces in place that should be here for him to make those smart decisions. And Joe Torre
1: made stupid decisions. Yeah, every he manager the makes some decisions. Terry Francona made stupid decisions. Earl Weaver no. made stupid decisions. But he had the, the horses to do it. Mm-hmm. You know, Shelton doesn't have the horses to do it. Yes.
0: Uh, also, fun fact about the Pirates, albeit not even close to the worst record in baseball as of right now, but the worst run differential by about uh, eight runs at the current moment, minus 72. Of course, the inflation from that wonderful Saturday in Wrigley a couple weeks ago uh, kind of deals with that. But also, as you said, we are still in the first third of the season. And just to put that into perspective about the outside shots, of course, a lot of people may forget there is an extra wild card team this year. So more teams will be buying. More teams will have that outside shot chance. Pirates are only four and a half out of the wildcard right now. That should tell you how early it still is. Even worse. Detroit Tigers are last in the American League in seven games out of a wild card spot. You know how fast that could flip on its head. Yeah. Blue Jays lose three games, the Tigers win four. Boom, they're right in the race. I, I mean, that's just how it is. But I mean, at the end of the day, I still agree with what you're saying. Is at this point, you can clearly put like on a like a on a dartboard. You could literally. Or a, like a little sticky note or anything, and say, "Okay, what are the issues with teams right now?" You could go down every single team in Major League Baseball and list the problems. For the Pirates, their offense stinks. Their starting pitching is improving, but it's still not great, and they're not starting their best players. For a team
1: like Boston,
0: I haven't watched enough Red Sox games, but I can tell uh, they've by actually record... been pitching well. Yeah.
1: The Red Sox, the getting blown out by Houston notwithstanding their pitching has been i mean the they I mean they've not been the 1995 Braves but they've been decent their mm-hmm. bullpen has been inconsistent and their bats have not been able to get the big hit we saw that today where they got all those hits on those base runners but they having trouble getting the big run across yes um and we saw there's a bunch of games where they lost where They lost a bunch of one-run games. They lost a bunch of games where they constantly were leaving men on base. And it's frustrating. You can't put together a long winning streak if you're not getting the big, big hit. Um, I think in some ways, I think the Red Sox, who who I did not pick to go to the playoffs this year because I did not trust their pitching staff. They've been getting the pitching that they need. And I think they need someone to spark the offense. And if you told me that at the beginning of the year, I would have thought you were bananas. Yeah, Um, But I think losing Renfro and replacing him with Jackie Bradley Jr., as much as I love Jackie Bradley Jr. and his defense is spectacular, losing Renfro, I think, hurt more than people thought it would.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, and there's like a lot of big deals going on right now. As Dave, by the way, comments, Reynolds is not getting low enough in his stance, especially from the right side. I agree 100%. You can just look side by side in pictures and tell that something's up. and. Again, that's on Andy Haynes. That's on your hitting coach. Brian Reynolds is a phenomenal player. He really is. But sometimes even the best players in the world need some coaching and some teaching. And that's something that they're just going to have to sit there and work out. Um, but I will tell you, Brian Reynolds is good enough to where he is not going to do this all year. It's There's just no way. He's not going to be this bad all year. There's not a chance in hell. I, I will be honest with you on
1: that. Um, I'm going to be honest with you on this. Uh, I'm going to go record my episode of Locked on MLB, which is going to drop tomorrow. But I couldn't resist just dropping in and saying hello to my buddy Ethan and see how things were going in Pirate Land.
0: Oh, yeah, of course. And with the Pirates game, of course, also being done as well. Probably about to wrap up here, guys. Thank you for tuning in. I would love to make this a regular thing with all of you guys, the interactions, Grizz, uh, Sherrod, Dave. Everybody that commented, Ryan, Jonathan, uh, everybody, even Stacey Gatsolius, was just waved in the comments. So I always love having you guys on. Of course, the Locked On Pirates hey, podcast. What's up? Well, she, well, I I don't, did she leave? I, I don't know where she is. No idea. Awesome. The future will be brighter, man. Uh, but again, I will have an episode coming tomorrow. This will go live on YouTube, of course, automatically. Uh, it will go live on your audio features, of course, shortly, and then we will have an episode tomorrow. So with all that said, guys, thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you solely for coming on, and I will see you guys on the flip side.